0: All right guys so we have chuck Benedict back on the podcast chuck i think you besides our own staff are probably the most have the most appearances on our podcast i think this is our, <laughs> our third one
1: bah, 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 bah. So, That's uh, awesome!
0: i'll have to send you something um uh, to, uh, to, uh as a, as an honor um to have you here but um yeah the first time we, i had taken your gymnastics course which is you know what we're going to talk about today as well. And then we hopped on to talk about gymnastics. Then we got on again talking about uh, coaching like you mean it. So a lot of coaching yeah. topics. Um, but those were also more than a few years ago. So I thought we could go back. Um, we are hosting, uh, if people are listening to this in relative real time, um, we are hosting a gymnastics course at our box kind of fitness in Ambler, Pennsylvania, December 11th and 12th. So you're if you're listening to this prior to that, you should sign up and Chuck will be gracing us with his presence uh, as instructor. So I thought what we could do is kind of give people a sense of what all of that entails, uh, why they might want to think about doing it. uh, And even if they're not local to us, um, once it does appear or pop up near them, why they might want to, uh, to dive into this world of gymnastics.
1: Absolutely. So go for it. What were you going to say?
0: Um I was going to ask you to give an overview of uh what the weekend might look like just even from a broad view and uh, kind of timeline uh what to expect.
1: So, um the expectation of the weekend I think is a a bit of a blurry line in the expectations that a lot of people have from other seminar experiences. So, I think there is a lot of education pieces in our industry that people go through as coaches. Um, and it ends up being a lot more instructing and learning kind of sequences of instruction as ways to manage groups of humans and not quite as much coaching, really looking at identifying and changing behaviors. Um, And you can even think about, like, somebody's squat mechanics or behavior. So I think that from a coaching perspective, we do a very good job of contextualizing a lot of what really what really happens in coaching interactions and what makes coaching interactions more or less favorable. Um, the benefit in that is that there's just there's tons of carryover to if you can make a coach athlete relationship work a little bit better with gymnastics, well it probably stands to reason it's gonna work better with literally everything else. And if you can build a skill of communicating with another human to help them achieve their needs and wants, well, then man, you're probably like a better friend and a better spouse and a better employer or employee. So we really do look at actual coaching development and, and helping facilitate the growth of the coach as an individual, regardless of where they apply it. And then we just help them apply it to gymnastics because the potential simplicity of gymnastics lends itself to really kind of crystallizing concepts um, because you you can watch only the body and how like somebody's relationship with their brain and their body works independent of any other objects or any other focal points so it's probably a little bit more than the initial answer would have been but happy to have gotten a chance to expand on that and then from an athlete perspective Do you ever wish that you could go back in time and talk to yourself on day one of fitness adventure life be like, Hey, there's a thing called a snatch. (laughs) Just use an empty bar for a few years. I know that's going to seem like crazy talk, but trust me, past me, you won't regret it. And this is future me talking to you. And so I think for a lot of athletes, it's a chance to relearn things the way they wish they would have learned them the first time. And I think that inherently, Most athletes in our community, if they're honest with themselves, they know that their gymnastics are super lacking. Often they don't have to contend with that until a test piece like the Open or an online qualifier. Mm -hmm. And then they're usually fairly disappointed with where it seems like their overall fitness has landed them. But in reality, it's often being exposed to the weakness of their gymnastics because Statistically significant, most people don't follow the general hierarchy of athletic development that Glassman had outlined for CrossFit. Um, And it it substantiates itself pretty well that if you can't move your body, moving your body plus something else is probably not going to work a whole lot better.
0: Right. You know, a lot of people get into the weightlifting, they love the weightlifting, but that's near the top of that pyramid, sport being the the apex of it. Um, whereas gymnastics is obviously further down. Um, I think a lot of people might look at the gymnastics course and think either they need to be a very good gymnast or, or good mover of their body already and have muscle ups and, and have handstand walks um, and then I think the other thing people probably assume is that they should be a coach in order to take this course, um, yeah. or that it's designed just for co- coaches. So maybe, can you talk about those two ideas or myths of like, number one, you need to already be, you know, a, a good, uh, gymnast, however they would de- define it. Uh, and then number two, that it's only for coaches.
1: Yeah. So I think that relative to that first conversation that we actually just kind of piggyback off of um if we look at it through the lens of future you talking to past you to direct you to a better present regardless of the ability level that you're at like you might as well fix what's broken as soon as possible and i think that like you know pushing it further out like well i know that x y or z is lacking for whatever variety of reasons whether i understand them or not but i'll do something about it next year or on monday or after i'll I'll get a muscle up and then i'll worry about making it better or Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i can only do three kipping pull-ups so it doesn't make sense for me to go and like actually work on the thing until i can do more why would you want to be better at being worse and so regardless of where somebody's at in their journey if they suspect that their gymnastics could be better, we might as well figure out how to make it good as easily as possible, as intelligently as possible, as soon as possible. And that kind of bridges the gap for the people that sit in there. There's a ton of people that come through the course in little, you know, howdy doody, beginning of a seminar, everybody's getting to know everybody. Hey, I'm, I'm Jimmy from, you know, Wichita Falls or whatever. Most people then on the athlete side of things, the very next time will be like, I'm just an athlete. Be like, cool. So you're here just as an athlete. Do you feel like you are better at tasks that you understand more? And I think most people would understand, like, yeah, I actually I've I've gotten a whole lot better in my career as I've advanced because I understand the principles of like the things that my job or my, you know, whatever entails. We we almost universally find just how humans get their human on. The brain talking to their body, the more we understand something inherently, the better our actions, reactions, and like the effort that we consolidate towards that end goal end up paying off for us. Mm-hmm. So, building a base of really understanding the thing that you're doing for yourself and how it works, even if it's just for yourself, not for other people, and kind of that coaching lens like, if you can really understand it, could you teach it to an eight year old? Cool. If you even as somebody that can't do pull-ups, can figure out like how you would explain how a pull-up worked to an eight-year-old and build for them a sequence of logical progressions to get them from not having a pull-up to having a pull-up, do you feel like you'd be able to manage yourself over a lifetime with your fitness? And if you're just an athlete and you do agree that you would like to do fitness things for the rest of your life, is it fairly logical that there's going to be pieces of your life from now until the end of it where you're going to be doing exercise things without a coach, I would reason to say that that's a pretty good bet. So at some point, inevitably, as long as you're looking to do the thing that you're doing now better for the rest of your life, you're going to have to coach yourself.
0: And you have that phrase, Rx is understanding. Yeah. Like we've talked about that before, but yeah, the Rx, people hear Rx, they think about the weights and the, you know, the pull-ups and blah, blah, blah. But we talked about this before, but if RX actually means understanding, then you that implies uh, a certain um, assimilation of that knowledge and applying it to whatever it is that you're doing, right? Without right. just going through the motions to go through the motions. Or for some of our people who may be gifted enough to be able to do the, you know, more shallow Rx t- definition, right? yeah. just muscling through things without actually understanding what it is they're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and through the seminar, we really look at it as, you know, very deliberately building conscious competence. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of people in our community that can do some gymnasticky things, but a lot of it's unconscious competence that didn't sequence as mm-hmm. it should have through mm-hmm. conscious competence to get there. And so, you know, quickly raise your hand if you got your first muscle up and you have no idea what you did prior in the <laughs> 10,000 failed attempts, right? Like, yeah, it's all of us because we were, we were a little bit ahead of where the knowledge and the coaching ability in the community have fortunately ended up. And my guess mm-hmm. is you got into this, you know, well over 10 years ago. And I think we talked about this probably on like maybe that's the first podcast. Like, Yeah, I think we both around 2008- Yeah. Like there was just, there was no references and nobody was, nobody was looking at how do we get just general normal humans to be able to do things like muscle ups and walk on their hands beyond like, Hey, this would be a good challenge to aspire to rise to, but being able to step away and look at how do humans build habits? How do humans build behaviors? How do humans build repeatable actions that they can progressively improve upon? Um, and man, like, it's just, it's so much cooler to approach these things now. And, and I think that's a lot of like what drives me and my coaching. Well, I know it is, it's, it's having conversations, with the younger version of myself, mm-hmm. but very much so Being like, no, you don't get it. If you get it, it gets better and it gets easier. And I think a lot of people can have a, a momentary kind of tripping over the truth and realizing like, oh shit, that is the case in the context of fitness, like with their snatch. You were trying to learn how to snatch. Somebody was telling you like chest up, shoulders back, knees back, you know, armpits, whatever, like a million cues and your brain Mm -hmm. is just completely overwhelmed. And the cues didn't even make sense because your level of reference was already exceeded. You're like, I can barely get in this setup position. So you don't need to like tell me how to continue moving up this ladder. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, years later, after a lot of very deliberate practice, because inherently everybody in our community does move into building their weightlifting movements, not everybody, but the vast majority through like conscious competence. They're like, oh, I'm working on pull mm-hmm. snatches or high hang snatches so I can figure out my third pull, so I can be faster and more consistent under the bar. Like they're looking at the very obvious logical breakdowns in the moving movement. They are building conscious competence. They're drilling it, rehearsing it, repeating it until it then becomes unconscious competence. Even if they don't know that that's what they're doing, even if they're not Mm -hmm. thinking about it that way, like you do the Bergner warm-up two or three times a week for five or six years, weird. It starts to work, right? (laughs) But, you know, when was the last time somebody went through that process with any singular piece of their gymnastics, regardless of the level that they're at? So regardless if we're talking about, like, the athlete, if the correlation is the Bergner warm-up, it's, like, just only ever snatching PVC, but they're going through the sequencing, the positions, the shapes, all of that, or the person that's, you know, snatching double body weight, and they have built that progressive sequence on an empty bar a million times. Um, there's nothing that correlates to that in people's gymnastics. Nobody goes through just, like, on the smallest, lowest level, like, restoring the range stabilizing the range building the skill and then like drilling a repetitive pattern that is moving correctly because we did the right things to get there as just a general piece of a warm-up i would reasonably feel like it's a safe assumption if you went through like a bergner warm-up version of a pull-up or a muscle-up every day you know that you had some element that was similar in your training for several years You'd get way better at pull ups and muscle ups, even if you actually didn't do anything else beyond build that more conscious confidence and better neurological sequencing through just the deliberate act of practice. Um, yeah.
0: After I took your cert, I went back and revised our what we call base camp uh, yep. process, which is our onboarding process, and worked in things like uh, SCAP push ups, SCAP pull ups. Um, Hollows, arches, all of these basic shapes, and um, partly because of that, but then also uh, we use level method programming. And Nathan Holiday is very big on you know the foundational foundations of, of both lifting and also gymnastics. So there's a lot of scat push-ups, a lot of scat pull-ups, a lot of hollow shapes, arch shapes. Um, you know, a lot of these universal shapes and, and basics of gymnastics, and we work those in very often if not every day um close to it and um you know it's interesting people are not getting their first pull up um just by the sheer you know uh, pull and then frog kick and you know yeah. all that crap um but people so it's a longer timeline that people get something like that you know we have, we just had a, a gal get her first pull up and she's probably been with us i don't know a year and a half yep. um but she did it well right she she had the right shapes she it was a strict pull up you know there's no frog kicking there's no like reaching with the chin just to get technical chin over bar that kind yeah. of thing um yeah super cool stuff
1: yeah it's you know and it also will so that the dividends pay out the further you go on the timeline it's kind of like you know it's a compound (laughs) effect of doing the right thing a large number of times until eventually the right thing becomes automatic kind of what we're talking about is unconscious competence and then we have a far better framework to build upon for anything else that comes and that that's a worthwhile conversation for athletes to have with themselves or for coaches to have with athletes in that moment that they make the decision that I'm going to fix how I move with my body Mm -hmm. coming to a very real understanding like, Hey, the progress up front, it's probably going to be a little bit slower and a little bit more incremental than you would like. But here's the thing. Have you ever found A cheap, fast, and easy way to do anything your entire adult life that's ever worked out well, literally this many times. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about like learning how to snatch or building a deck at your house, Mm -hmm. like the cut corners will always bite you in your ass. And if we're looking at your body, there's probably not a whole lot that's a lot more valuable than that. And if we've already established previous conversation that the timeline for you exercising and doing fitness things was the rest of your life, it's inevitable. At some point, like if you cut the corner now, you will have to deal with it again in the future. And it's going to be harder because your bad habits. You're just that much better Mm -hmm. at them. And you have that many more mobility restrictions. And holy shit, Susan, if you're 28 years old and you can't reach in the back seat when you're driving because your shoulder's fucked up, when those numbers Mm -hmm. are inverted and you're 82, if you haven't done something differently, it's only going to be worse. So like, yeah it might take a little bit longer to get to the baseline that we should have had from the beginning. But if you got to do it, no matter what, we might as well do it now. And I think buying into that longer timeline also helps with lowering the bar, lowering the expectation. You Mm -hmm. know, a ton of people like, obviously through what I do in the community, there's a ton of people that are like, Hey, can you help me come up with like, you know, my own progression for, X, Y, Z, like insert literally any gymnastic movement you could even think of or a weightlifting movement because I actually love coaching weightlifting. I've spent a lot of time doing that. Um, But I'll generally give them something a little bit more skill prescriptive that is progression based rather than scale based. And I'll say, hey, just do this three times a week for three weeks and then get back to me and I'll help you come up with the next step. And I think I've only ever had maybe like four or five people even like see through. and I'm like, you know, that's, that seems like lunacy to me, like on the outside looking in. But I do remember when I thought that there was a fast, cheap, easy way to do anything because I hadn't matured that much in my own views of things, my own like realizations about just the nature of things and how it be sometimes my good, sir. Um, Yeah, like if you're not willing to work on scat pull-ups and scat push-ups three times a week for three weeks, like we literally don't need to talk about anything more advanced than that because that thing has to go well for anything more complex, anything higher load, anything more fatiguing beyond it. You realize that, right? Like if you can't overhead squat an empty bar well, any amount of weight above that is exceeding the capacity of what you can do well. And so I think that that ties back into like a little bit of just like the catchphrase of like the RX is understanding. And a lot of it is like understanding kind of these, these truths that we know to be self evident. And I think we're always fucking guilty as humans because we're short sighted egotistical little monsters and adults. Cause like we're fucking stressed out and we got like, big things and we, we make these assumptions like I could climb on a playground when I was a kid, like I can do pull ups all day. Like I should just be able to do the thing. And it was fast and it was easy and it came together. Then it's like, well, yeah, yeah. but you've got like six childlike bodies attached to your big ass adult body. Like you're a big, heavy human and you forgot mm-hmm. how to do this many, many years ago. Like your brain forgot how that whole thing works. So like. You're learning a new skill starting in a worse place, you wouldn't feel so bummed about like the rate that you're not developing your pull up at if you thought about it as your three year old son mm-hmm. in a weight vest. That was like probably 50 to 60 percent body weight. You'd be like, right. oh, well, yeah, I'd be surprised if he could hang on the bar. You're like, right. Yeah.
0: And part of it is also people's you know uh, I mean obviously people's impatience but also um, this idea that you know these progressions might not look like the thing that you end up wanting to do right so they see someone doing a muscle up and it's like I want to do that and it's like all right cool scap push up, scat, scat yeah. pull-ups well that doesn't that that doesn't look anything like what that guy's doing right but this is step one.
1: Well, I think like, and that's, that is the advantageous nature of using progressions rather than scales because a progression has far more similarity to the end goal movement than it does difference. We're not like substituting something. We're not swapping it out. Like it's not something vastly different. So if Mm -hmm. you walk somebody through the logical sequence of progressions and you're like, Hey, scap goes from elevation to depression. Then the lats mm-hmm. start closing the shoulder angle. Then the biceps start closing the elbow into deflection, And they can start understanding how like, oh, these little things where we go scap pull-ups into lat activations, into quarter pulls and half pulls, into some isometric pauses, they're like, now I can visually see what you're telling me about this little ladder of success that we're climbing up. But isn't that that, on the
0: coach? That's on the coach, right? Like I feel like a lot of this there's a responsibility. Man, I I
1: I am I am so endlessly torn on this, and I feel like as long as I've been in it, I would have a really good crystallized answer. But I spend a lot of time thinking about (laughs) these things. Maybe that's dangerous. Do you feel, and like just, just you as Chris, like not you as, you know, just very personally like your own journey in fitness, do you feel like you made better, faster, more effective, more deliberate process because you were invested in it and because you wanted for the success?
0: Yeah, I think that's a prerequisite uh, as a foundation. But I will also say that having a coach to have you... um Shortcut, not in a cheap, fast way, but shortcut in a these are the right progressions for you, um, you know, is very real. And because and that and I can say that because for sure, yeah, like when I started CrossFit, I was teaching my myself this by going to the the college gym, downloading .mov files from Main Site because that's you know the the only way you can see anything QuickTime videos, and you know moving that sliders. Yeah, the the yellow and white subtitles uh, that, you know, Tony Budding was putting together. And, you know, they had that whole page with just all of the movements, that huge library and you yeah. just go through every single one. I, I went through like a month just spending going through that whole website yeah. before even trying a workout. Did that for a year and a half, trying to figure out my own stuff on how to do all this. Joined an affiliate a year and a half in, knew enough, you know, relatively to keep up. But the amount that I learned in that first three months of being out an affiliate with a, a coach far surpassed that year and a half trying to trying this on my own.
1: Concur. What had you engaged in and demonstrated prior to being in the affiliate? Like you were seeking coaching. For sure. And I guess that's, that's probably more of what I intended to speak to rather than probably how I verbalized it is just like mm. the intention and desire to get better but really okay. sure. the intention to be guided the intention to be coached the the intention of having a better path laid out that you can take ownership of to like work yes. cohesively with to make the progress cuz I think you would also agree and especially like owning a gym there's a ton of people that like in 3 years they don't make as much progress as somebody right next to them in the same class that started at the mm-hmm. same time can make in three months when they take yeah, the, the ownership of their role in that. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And Someone yeah, who, so who's willing like- to take it slow and, and take the progressions to knowing that the payoff is going to be further down the line, but it's going to be a better payoff, just like you know, investing. You know, the, that curve doesn't start hockey sticking until later, much later on.
1: Yeah. And like what they can control in that is the will that they put forth. And so I guess mm-hmm. that, you know, the will is determined by the individual or the athlete, but the coach accelerates the skill. Because you can't just want for yourself yeah. to be better, but the coach can shortcuts skill development and helping you not have to learn hard lessons on your own. But the Correct. more will that the individual has, the better the coaching process works and the better that, even Sands coach just effort counts twice i guess is the yeah. the the interesting little little, little quip on that um, yeah i consider you know
0: i i consider myself lucky cuz our members uh are very invested in uh the learning aspect right one of our core values is learning so you know whether that's because we do put it out there in our social media or because it's just the area that we're in or, or whatever the case may be you know our members are very open receptive looking yeah. actively seeking this i do put it on the coach though because they're the professional in in my mind they are the teacher they are the instructor they are the 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 guide uh, you know, if we want to go story brand, um, who to me has the greater responsibility
2: to I not agree. just,
0: you know, I've, I've had people say, yeah, I've, I was at this gym and they said to just pull harder. Right. Or they, they like, just said, well, to pull,
2: that's just not pull up.
0: It. Right. And to me, that's just, that's not professional. It's not, it's lazy. Correct. It's
1: lazy. Right. It's lazy um, and it's selfish it's short-sighted and like I don't know there's there's a million downsides and detriments to it Um, least of all is like that both parties are missing out on a great experience because people like winning yeah. is very cool to be a part of yeah man that's it is
2: it
1: is never it is never lost in me that I can't ever seem to wrap my head around why there are people that are involved in this industry in any context or capacity that like don't absolutely love it and want to do it really well for the sake of doing it really well because at the end of the day you're dealing with people's health and fitness so like their bodies their physical states that's a priceless piece you are occupying time no insignificant amount of time as like a service provider because sure as shit nobody else sees a doctor or a lawyer like five or six times a week unless your life is fucked up <laughs> um so like there's there's an incredible amount of time occupied and working on their health and fitness and so all of those are priceless things and so like holy shit, man like be happy and lucky that you get to be a part of it um
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: i forgot what we were talking about prior to that yeah i don't know either it's um tangent-y.
0: let's let's talk so um let's talk about a uh, bigger timeline so when did you start coaching um seminars uh
1: 2011.
0: okay and so mm-hmm. in 10 years What have you seen change? Oh, this takes Uh, us
1: actually full circle back to right where we were in the conversation that it's incumbent on the coach to help kind of redirect people as a guide. And agreeing to that point, a big piece of what a coach needs to do and in their coaching development, and this probably goes into where you're talking about like 10 years later, like a lot of what I've changed my own coaching, what I would do differently or just like lessons learned in over a decade being on kind of like the pointier end of the spear, so to speak, of like coaching coaches Mm -hmm. with the vast majority of my time and energy. It's incumbent on the coach to redirect people as a guide because a good coach should recognize all of the errors and failure of human nature and human behavior. Does that make sense? Talk about that more. So... Fixing somebody's squat doesn't need to happen if that person has maintained a good, functional, healthy squat their entire life. So as you work to fix the squat, it's probably fairly beneficial to figure out, like, why can't you squat well? And why hasn't that been important enough to you to do something about it until we made it to this juncture in your life? And so looking at, you know, the the behavior side of things and going back to like the earlier conversation of getting people to refocus on progressions is the realization that like we are hardwired to look to cut the corner. Mm-hmm. Especially when the metric is on a public leaderboard, especially when you are in a group dynamic. Like it's part of what makes the whole thing work, objective measures of progress working in a group environment, having a social, like, experience tied into exertion. Um, and the dose is the poison. And we've all seen that go horribly wrong for coaches, owners, like gyms, athletes. It's a slippery slope. And so a lot of it is for the coach to recognize not just what the athlete is an individual in their own timeline, but, you know, for the gym as a community and for the class as a group working on a shared task at the same time, like really looking at, like, why are these behaviors getting off track? You know the sequence of progressions. You've seen it work a hundred times in the gym. Like, Susan, you've been here for two years. Like, you've seen this sequence for pull-ups. It works. You've got irrefutable proof. It's all around you. I know it works. You know it works from what you're seeing. Why do you think that banded pull-ups are the answer for you? Like, we need to explore why you think that you are the outlier that the progression Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to because, man, like, either I'm missing something and I don't think I am or you're missing something. And that's probably where we need to dig a little deeper. Um, That's a lot and that's a longer conversation. But I think that's more of the nature of where I've seen things change for the better with a lot of the coaches that I've been kind of in the seminar game with long term Mm -hmm. And probably a lot of people like yourself that have made the transition from, you know, coaching their friends to coaching clients to coaching their coaches. And as you move and evolve higher up that, you know, that hierarchy of developing humans, the nature of the game changes quite a bit. And um, yeah, just even that you have the ability to like reference like story brand that, you know, in the lexicon of micro gym owners in our community people are looking at building and developing storytelling as a skill that's a very different fucking group of humans than you and me in 2008 trying to Mm -hmm. pirate free wi-fi from the library to download like videos onto our laptop to then go home and watch wow But it's really easy to lose sight of where we're at in our journeys and thinking back that like, oh, a lot of the clients in our gyms, like they're us in 2008. And that's why regardless of like Mm -hmm. what we say in here, they go home, they see some stupid fucking knucklehead drill on like YouTube or Instagram and they're like, coach. I figured it out man i found some i found some instagram gold give me three foam rollers two bands and like i don't know chalk me up bro i'm going in i gotta muscle up by the end of the day and you're like it's not gonna work because i've seen it all but they haven't and like humans are wired to look for like novelty because like sometimes novelty has disproportionately high risk and reward relationships sometimes you figure out that like oh man Strawberries and raspberries are fucking delicious, and there's like there's acres of them. Guys, like we can eat good here for a long time, and sometimes it kills you. Um, but we look for those things, and until we test those things for ourselves, or unless somebody in a guide position can connect with us deeply enough for us to believe what they're saying, more often than not, most athletes and most coaches they have to they have to trip over their own truths. They have to like learn the thing to be true for themselves before the thing that somebody else said a thousand times finally Mm -hmm. clicks. Yeah. And
0: both you and I are going to are now and we'll continue to experience that with our kids.
1: So, Oh dude, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's the best.
0: Um, so I think we got like 10 minutes left. Um, last time we talked was pre pandemic pre Eric Rosa, um, pre, you know, uh, we see we're seeing a lot of affiliates either de affiliate um, shut down completely sell to you know coaches so a lot of new owners in the game um where do you feel like the industry is is heading and that might even include you know things like Peloton and and uh, tech
1: and Man, you know online services we need we need about 9 more hours to talk through this I, I know you just opened up a rabbit hole um, yeah, I recognize that. It'll be interesting to see the intersection of monetized data and fitness coexisting. Um, that's all I'll probably go into with that without making that like a crazy long rabbit hole because that could get like very, very off track. But I am, I am genuinely fascinated in that. And I think that potentially how the powers that be gamify the system, there could be some big wins for like humanity and society as a whole. To give a short, short little like piece on that as an example, so that people are just like, what the fuck are you even talking about? If we could apply taking something like somebody's workout scores from SugarWad or Beyond the Whiteboard to customize like health and life insurance coverage for them, based on being able to model far better actuarial risk of what that would mean for the person, like taking on the financial risk of insuring their health or their life. We could do really favorable things for everybody involved, rather than try to take this ever widening chunk out of the middle of a shitty bell curve distribution of people's health and their death. So as like one example of where I personally feel like monetized data applied to health and fitness could change entire industries for the better. One example, I got like a bunch in my head, but that'd be a fun conversation to have like some beers over. Um, I think that there is a necessity for some of the structures that exist in CrossFit to move into trying to, like, choose wording carefully, Um, just more deliberate organizational structures because, and you probably even know this from your own gym, like, you can grow and not all growth is good relative to where you're at operationally. And because CrossFit had sure. some secret sauce, like, dude, in what other universe did you get a a bunch of people all over the planet to potentially develop, like, orthorexic exercise behaviors as people who had never fallen into any type of, like, fitness, lifestyle, gym, membership, athletic endeavor, the fact that, like, at scale, we've got people that, like, now people are coming in, they're like, yo, you guys need to remember that last line of world-class fitness in 100 words and like you need to regularly go and play new sports because like we've got millions of people exercising two or three hours a day and getting like incredibly fit. Not just like two or three hours a day in like orthorexic dysfunction on a treadmill trying to starve themselves to nothing but like world-class athletes being built in like industrial parks right down the road all day, every day. And that's pretty nuts. And so whatever, like it, it works so well that in effect, like that piece of methodology and its efficacy helps scale the business and the brand faster than anybody ever could have predicted. Dude, and like, you know, uh-huh. back to our earlier conversation, when you were watching the videos in 2008, would you have really imagined that less than 10 years later you would have title sponsors involved and be like the Reebok CrossFit Games live on YouTube and Facebook and like the enormity of it in such a short timeline. And so... I think there's a large positive in them having an opportunity to really revisit some organizational structures and a lot of that I'm not privy to so a lot of it is assumption on my behalf, but knowing for sure from like firsthand experience then a ton of second and third hand experience from like other friends other business owners and just like things that I've read in a million books scale is a bitch for organizations sometimes and especially if the scale isn't really deliberately planned for um and so i think uh-huh. that, that that does create some wins for them to maybe fix and, and i don't know like i said it's assumptions maybe fix some things operationally on the back end and be like hey like roles and responsibilities not clear between these two departments like hey you talk to him and he talks to her but really like they could just talk and so i think it's probably a really uh-huh. good opportunity to future-proof the business and the brand relative to yes i'm comfortable saying like future proof i think a lot of people are like it's dead and i'm like nah because it works too well like it it can't right. not exist we've got i've mentioned this on like other things and it's a, it's like a talking point but like dude there's a whole 30 bowl at chipotle like frazier was running like paid promo for burrito bowls at chipotle like nike's here like it's It's the genie's not going back in the bottle. The bottle might change, but like it can't go away. It it just can't. Like it's too big. It's Mm -hmm. it's too big, and the the face of the planet relative to diet, exercise, nutrition, and performance is forever changed. We have broken. A ton of what existed in like traditional strength conditioning models and like peer-reviewed literature and they're like yeah no none of that's ever going to work out and be like it just it just did oh and they did it too and uh yeah we don't know why it works and how it works but like that's that's pretty good that it does so let's keep exploring yep. relative to keep exploring relative to the nature of the methodology and the affiliate model that is the one piece that i I take a little reservation with in what CrossFit is really doing from a very well intentioned place to standardize large pieces of the affiliate community and the operations and like I I love where they're at with like tools not rules like we're going to give you guys a ton of tools we're going to give you like good examples of how they work but we're not going to actually define what happens in your affiliate like and that's cool but the more tools that are more similar that go to more affiliates who find the ways to implement them in the more and more similar manners the more you start to shift away from a lot of what made the affiliate model work in my own experience and mind that the the uniqueness of the affiliate is what lended itself to the little microcosms that could fit within like fairly consistent tribal and behavioral dynamics that, like, dude, the people that want to be at a gym like Kana and really get their balls coached off every day and get an enormous amount of touch points and interactions, like, they can go there And they can do that. And the dudes over here that just, like, they don't even own shirts anymore. And, like, you know, every day is a three a day. And, like, whatever. Like, they can go congregate over there. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. Humans will always behave Differently relative to the individual, but they will always behave similarly in group dynamics and social settings. We're just that that wiring predates so much more of what we'll ever be able to like fuck with and manipulate. Like people just get their people on, and so the more that you start homogenizing what some of those environments are, the more I'm concerned about there always being a place for the coaches, the owners, and the athletes to all independently like pursue the philosophies that would be innate to them. Now that's different because like CrossFit's very aware of that as a potential problem. They're looking at like, hey, probably we're looking at potentially dividing the community at least as a thinking exercise into thirds. Third of the community is like following cap and like the affiliate playbook and like doing really similar stuff. Third of the community is just really like following other outside solutions. Like they're, they're getting some help from TwoBrain. They're working with FitFiliate, affiliate. They're getting their programming from Pat Barber or like, you know, whatever. Other third parties. And then they assume that, like, a third of the community is going to be, like, just as punk rock libertarian as, like, most CrossFit affiliate owners are. And they'll be like, anyway, we're over here doing our thing. And that's cool, because, like, they're already looking at it through the lens of having a place for every potential scenario where they can all coexist and thrive. The reservation that I have is if you think back to, like a lot of where software became very interesting was when open source models became more freely publicly distributed. And like we got to see more iterations at scale, advanced product development on way shorter timelines with way better returns. Mm -hmm. That's what we have found with CrossFit is as soon as we had like, you know, 17,000 gyms running these programming experiments, like, man, people got way fitter, way faster as the community had the opportunity to look at like, just the fitness and programming side in an open source nature. We've also figured out some incredible things as a community of businesses that exist in a microcosm in an open source, very free market way that like you guys can all get your gym on however you want. And we're going to figure out some pretty interesting little commonalities of strategies that like the people that are better at this have going on. I would venture to guess that like you probably start with a consult. I would venture to guess that you probably bring people in for a diagnostic. I would venture to guess you probably run through some type of movement screen. I would venture to guess you probably do some serious goal setting. I would venture to guess that you probably bring people onboarding initially through a higher volume of PT sessions. I would venture to guess that the majority of the members that you focus the majority of your time and energy on have somewhat of a hybrid membership where they have class access some amount of PT, and some personalized programming. Those are all assumptions without us having talked in like three years. Did I get at least (laughs) four or five of those right? Pretty much all of them, yeah. Right. Because we're not giving people tools or rules, we're letting people figure out in an organic way, where an open source methodology of business ownership and management resonates with their core values and beliefs. and. And maybe that won't be compromised at all. And I'm not like, I am for sure no doom and gloom speaker and I'm not a negative dude at all. But like, those are my two thoughts. Is like, potentially the more people they are doing more stuff the same, the more we start losing out on opportunities to benefit all of the affiliates that want to grow or all the people in the micro gym space that are looking at like, hey, if I look at 10,000 gyms doing 10,000 mm-hmm. different versions of this, what are the couple of small commonalities that I should pay more attention to? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the programming side, it, it is advancing human performance on a global scale. So I, I'd be sad to see the rate of progress with that slow down at all. But anyway, that kind of takes us to time. And if that yeah, sounds like it. anything interesting to follow up on, I will be there in a couple of weeks and we can hang out and talk about all of it and maybe have a beer or two. But I love this <laughs> stuff. Chris, dude, thank you a ton, man. Always a thank pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, um, guys,
0: December 11th and 12th, sign up. Uh, wh- so, where can people sign up and where can they find you?
1: Um, thegymnasticscourse.com, and there's navigation links to get to a registration page. Uh, I will be posting it in my stories regularly. There's a link to the TGC Instagram in my bio that'll take you to a registration page. Um, if you can't find it, you can find me at Chuck Bennington on Instagram DM me if you can't get to it I'll set you up cool
0: all right buddy I'll see you in uh, a few weeks